0: A Fairy Tale by Thomas Hood Read for LibriVox.org by Gloria Keawe March 2018 On Honsolo Heath, and close beside the road, As Western travellers may oft have seen, A little house some years ago there stood, A Minikin abode, And built like Mr. Birkbeck's olive wood, The walls of white, the window shutters green, Four wheels it had at north, south, east, and west, though now at rest, on which it used to wander to and fro, because its master ne'er maintained a rider like those who trade in paternoster row, but made his business travel for itself till he had made his pelf, and then retired, if one may call it so, of a road cider perchance the very race and constant riot of stages long and short which thereby ran made him more relish the repose and quiet of his now sedentary caravan perchance he loved the ground because twas common and so he might impale a strip of soil that furnished by his toil some dusty greens for him and his old woman and five tall hollyhocks and dingy flower howbeit the thoroughfare did no way spoil his peace unless in some unlucky hour a stray horse came and gobbled up his bower but tired of always looking at the coaches the same to come when they had seen them one day and used to brisker life both man and wife began to suffer n u e s approaches and feel retirement like a long wet sunday so having had some quarters of school breeding they turn themselves like other folks to reading but setting out where others nigh have done and being ripened in the seventh state the childhood of old age began as other children have begun not with the pastorals of mr pope or bard of hope or paley ethical or learned porson but spelt on sabbaths in st mark or john and then relaxed themselves with whittington or Valentine and Orson, but chiefly fairy tales they loved to con, and being easily melted in their dotage, slobbered, and kept reading, and wept over the white cat in their wooden cottage. Thus reading on, the longer they read, of course their childish faith grew stronger. In gnomes and hags and elves and giants grim, if talking trees and birds revealed to him she saw the flight of fairy lands fly wagons and magic fishes swim in puddle ponds and took old crows for dragons both were quite drunk from the enchanted flagons when as it fell upon a summer's day as the old man sat a-feeding on the old babe reading beside his open street and parlor door a hideous roar proclaimed a drove of beasts was coming by the way long-horned and short of many a different breed tall tawny brutes from famous lincoln levels or durham feed with some of those unquiet black dwarf devils from nether side of tweed or firth of forth looking half wild with joy to leave the north with dusty hides all mobbing on together when whether from a fly's malicious comment upon his tender flank from which he shrank, or whether only in some enthusiastic moment, however, one brown monster in a frisk, giving his tail a perpendicular whisk, kicked out a passage through the beastly rabble. And after a pasol, or, if you will, a hornpipe before the basket-maker's villa, leapt over the tiny pail backed his beefsteaks against the wooden gable and thrust his brawny bell-rope of a tail right o'er the page wherein the sage just then was spelling some romantic fable the old man half a scholar half a dunce could not peruse who could two tales at once and being huffed at what he knew was none of Riquet's tuft, banged to the door, but most unluckily enclosed a morsel of the intruding tail and all the tassel. The monster gave a roar, and bolting off with speed increased by pain, the little house became a coach once more, and like MacHeath, took to the road again. Just then, by fortune's whimsical decree, the ancient woman stooping with her crupper towards Sweet Home, or where Sweet Home should be, was getting up some household herbs for supper, thoughtful of Cinderella in the tale, and quaintly wondering if magic shifts could o'er a common pumpkin so prevail, to turn it into a coach. What pretty gifts might come of cabbages and curly kale! Meanwhile... She never heard her old man's wail, nor turned till home had turned a corner quite gone out of sight. At last, conceive her, rising from the ground, weary of sitting on her russet clothing, and looking round where rest was to be found. There was no house, no villa there, no nothing, no house. The change was quite amazing. It made her senses stagger for a minute— the riddle's explication seemed to harden, but soon her superannuated new explained the horrid mystery, and raising her hand to heaven with the cabbage in it, on which she meant to sup. Well, this is fairy work. I'll bet a farden little Prince Silverwings has catched me up and set me down in someone else's garden. End of Poem this reading is in the public domain.